Welcome to Mental Wealth, the podcast to invest in your mind. Here I will help you make sense of your mind and behaviours, giving you the tools to have your best life. There is so much to share, so let's get into this episode and explore another great topic. Welcome to episode 21, and in this episode, we're going to explore sleep and breathing and all these things that we know we need to do. We don't necessarily do them well. And there's definitely, definitely things that we can do differently to help ourselves. And in this episode, I am delighted to say that I am joined by a good friend of mine, Joel, and he has definitely got loads of brilliant things that he can share with you, which is why I wanted him to be part of this episode. So welcome, Joel. Please introduce yourself. Thank you. So I'm Joel Jellin, and many years ago, I was very fortunate to appreciate the values of breathing properly, breathing optimally, breathing functionally. So you're thinking, why am I saying that? There must be a reason for that. Well, yes. And at the time, and good things come from uncomfortable situations, at the time I was poorly for a a few decades, actually. And I didn't realize that what had happened to me was going to be the best thing that happened to me and would shape the rest of my life. And it would be to help others, more importantly, help others become aware of how they would breathe and its impact on their health, their well-being, their mood, their relationships, and their sleep. And I've literally slowly, slowly trickled my way to getting a following. And I spent many years thinking about the best book to write or the first of a few. And I came to the conclusion that I thought I'd approach it from a kid's angle. So very young people, if they appreciate how we breathe, they'll tell mum and dad. They'll tell people that look after them. They'll tell their teachers. They'll tell everybody because I've worked with young people before junior, secondary school, and they are the most fantastic, the most enthusiastic when it comes to knowledge and education. Okay, later in teens, you get a bit more grumpy like I was. That's fair enough. There's loads of hormonal stuff going on, which I also cover in breathing, but I mostly talk about initially the awareness of breathing and how important it is and how well it can make you when you breathe functionally. Absolutely. I love the first bit that you said and something that I'm really passionate about talking about when there has been a challenge, something that hasn't been very easy, something that's been incredibly difficult, and actually that's turned into something so magical in the end. And and again, similarly for me, and I think that's the first thing that I just want to highlight is that you know, anybody listening in, when things are difficult, it can and usually means that something new and exciting is coming to hang in there. So that's the first thing, which is slightly separate to the topic, but I think it's just a great example of remembering that we can gain some great things and your life can have a different turn just because of something like that. Sure. When you are poorly, you have time to think, you have time to read and ponder You can be full of self-pity. Humans are good at that. You know this better than anyone because you know all about the negativity bias that we have in our brains. 
and you spend your life helping people understand the brain. I just wanted to look at things from a, a mindfulness point of view. You'll appreciate that and say what's the best thing that can happen as a result of this and did. And started to read about lots of stuff to do with holistic look at our lives and i think that when we're poor when we can sleep well and i know this from science now having studied for many years we give ourselves the best possible chance of being healthy through the day and recovering from conditions so it was my ambition initially to work out how i could sleep best to repair myself and i started to see sleep as an event rather than oh you get tired at the end of a day and you go to sleep mm -hmm. no you actually spend an hour maybe a bit more preparing for this event called sleep mm -hmm. and what's involved in the preparation is not just in that moment it's also what you've done during the day and bear that in mind if you're thinking about why you can't sleep well because that's huge I love that. I love the thought of it being an event, actually creating your mind and preparation to to see it as an actual thing. And I think for some people who do struggle with sleep, and I do have some listeners who definitely um, identify themselves as poor sleepers, thinking of it as that, preparing yourself for a, an event. I love that. I never even thought of that. I talk a lot about sleep hygiene, you know, thinking about how are you going to have that really healthy preparation for sleep. But I'd never thought of actually seeing it as the preparation is part of the event. And then the main event is, da -da, you're going to have a, a, a decent night's sleep. So let's have a think about what kind of things do you think people need to pay attention to, Joel, when we're talking about getting ready for this main event, which is now called sleep. Because I think the other thing I want to say is some people see sleep as a bit of a nuisance, don't they? It's a bit like, oh, I'm so busy. I don't want to, I haven't got time to sleep because I'm too busy and I'm trying to pack too much in. And actually it isn't healthy to see it like that. I, I know I fall into that trap myself sometimes. I'm like, I could just do without having to go to bed here because I've just got too many things I'm trying to achieve. And that's actually just rubbish, isn't it? Because you're just not going to be able to produce good stuff if you haven't had a good night's sleep. I ask people, what's going on for you? if you feel like you don't need to sleep. And after, sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's much longer, we get to the point where they admit that they're living in the fast lane, or as I would put it, they're living in sympathetic nervous system mode. You know, some listeners may not know, that you've got two types of modes you can listen and, and uh, operate in. You can listen in, on the sympathetic and just live your life in sympathetic nervous mode or you can look at the parasympathetic and you can have a balance between living in the two your nervous system loves a balance of the two and people who i work with it's often more prevalent in companies who are in a big growth phase and it's often the ceo who comes to see me after a workshop and says quietly to me i'd love to chat to you we talk about sleep we talk about why they can't switch off. It's adrenaline-based, but from my point of view, it's how they're breathing. Because as soon as you relax and slow someone's breathing, it changes their brain. It changes their mindset afterwards. So 
the key thing is to establish a baseline for anybody who doesn't think sleep is a good idea or is getting in the way and see how they change. It's happened time and time again, but how you breathe is the baseline. So a lot of people come to me with lots of different symptoms to do with poor sleep, to do with health where they're not ill, but they're not well. Mm. And I say to them, don't focus on the symptoms. Focus on establishing, as I call it, that baseline. Get your breathing right and watch all that stuff, all those symptoms fall away. Love it. So you mentioned, Joel, to do right breathing. It'd be brilliant if you could share with people what you mean by right breathing. So I see breathing in terms of a concept as being light, quiet, effortless, through the nose, tummy-based, rhythmic, gently paused on the exhale. So inhale, exhale. Always make sure the exhale is longer than the inhale. Then a pause. And it's how we breathe until the comforts of modern life came along, until the pace of Western society came along. And it's about breathing so softly that the person next to you can't hear you breathe. It's about breathing so softly you can't hear yourself breathe. And if you breathe like that, you won't have the mood swings that are associated with dysfunctional breathing, the tiredness, the feeling of being gassed, the lack of stamina when you partake in sport. And when you do that event that we refer to as sleep, you won't struggle with sleep because there's not a huge difference between your breathing rate during the day and at night. I love that. I think it's so important, this conversation, because so many people are hung up on that they're bad sleepers or that they're not fit or they're not happy. All these things that they're sort of focused on. And actually, you're telling us today that the sort of gateway to having good sleep, having happiness, having good exercise or good fitness is to breathe properly or to to pay attention to your breathing. And I think, you know, since I've known you, I know I've become more aware of my breathing. You, you've you've shifted something in my own psyche. And, you know, obviously I'm fairly tuned into a lot of this stuff, but you've really shifted my attention since I've started talking to you. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm more aware of, you know, is my mouth open or what, what am I doing? What am I doing a little bit more? And I, and I guess that's the first thing, isn't it, is for people to start to just be aware of what kind of breathing they're doing so that they can then make that change. Yeah, it is very much so. So, so yeah, thank you for the compliment, Alison. Um, yes, awareness is the number one thing. So once you have the awareness, you can start looking at all the different traits that you may have, which tell you, that you're a dysfunctional breather and something that you can look at to change. And the changes are quite simple. It requires some commitment. But if you notice your mouth breathing, stop mouth breathing. <laughs> if you can hear yourself breathe during rest, stop. Something I talk about a lot because it's in my company name, sniff, sigh, yawn. If you're regularly sniffing, sighing and yawning with big breaths, you're actually hyperventilating. You're over-breathing. You take large breaths prior to talking. Something lots of radio broadcasters, especially on breakfast shows, do. Take these huge breaths before they speak. That's hyperventilation. That's not good. That adds to your stress load during the day. Lots of upper chest and visible movement. 
same thing. Should never be seeing that. You should always be invisible to the person opposite you when you breathe. So powerful, isn't it? And one of the things I think is really important to remember, or is almost a resource in itself, is that you know, you, to your brain and to your body, your breath is the ultimate, and it's the thing that it's always known always you know even all of us our mums the person that brought us into this life we heard her breath first didn't we before we have made our connection with our own and I, it, it for me that it feels like we're all walking around with this incredible resource and yet what you're highlighting for us Joel is we don't use it to the best of our possibilities well I think that we've got to be kind to ourselves here and, and say that as lay people, as a majority of people are lay people when it comes to breathing education, if we look at how we're nourished in terms of our education around health, well, aside from the pharmaceutical stuff, I'm not going to get into that, I mean, what are we taught in terms of what to do? We're taught to watch our weight, eat whole foods, go to the gym, exercise, sleep well, etc. all these things. And this is the stuff of PTs, the stuff of yoga, the stuff of mindfulness and meditation teachers, GPs, the NHS, and the whole holistic world. But the thing that's always been missing that I've gone on about since about 1995, which just makes me sound old, is you can do all those things. And I've worked with so many individuals. I got into companies and done the same thing particularly individuals who tell me they're usually stressed out execs, by the way. They get up in the morning, they do the gym, they have their muesli, for example. They go to work, they smash it, they love work, they smash it. They have their organic salad and chicken for lunch, carry on smashing work. They maybe go swimming after work, followed by a very healthy meal, more organic salad, some organic fruit. They tell me about this beautiful piece of fish they made. And then they tell me about their sleep, which sometimes is good, often it isn't. But they never tell me how they breathe mm -hmm. until I ask them. And then the penny drops and they realize why they need to come and see me yeah. and the likes of people like me. So you can do all those things, but if you don't breathe properly, I'm not saying you're wasting your time, but you will never achieve what you want to in terms of your, your overall life in terms of your health goals and gains until you breathe correctly. I love that. And I think for this episode, for people listening in, you know, for me, it's that just start to be more aware of the things that we've talked about today. You know, if your sleep is affected, if you aren't got the energy that you want, if you don't feel like your fitness is going in the direction you want, then maybe there's a route here that you can explore. But for me, always, I'm always saying, what's your one small thing? You know, taking that awareness piece, take on that idea that I'm just going to notice what my breath is doing. Where is it? Am I high up in my chest? Am I down in my belly? Am I doing the big size? Am I yawning all the time? Whatever it is that you're doing, for me, I'd love people to just pay attention to start with. And then they can start to realize that, yeah, what you're saying is true. They, we are doing these things. And then you can decide what you're going to do about it. I think the easiest way to look at this in terms of the awareness that you need to have that's going to massively help your health is to maybe look at, say, four things you do during the day. Most people do during the day, unless they're tired, 
of course, when you retired, you'd never have a day off. Hmm. But if you look at eating, if you look at being at work, if you look at exercise, you look at relaxation, those four areas. So when you eat, a lot of people hyperventilate when they eat. Hmm. They're using technology, for example, they're on their phone or they're walking along. So the rest and digest thing, pay attention to that, relax, help your body get the nourishment from the food it's eating. Yeah, eat great food. Definitely stay away from highly processed food. We know it's bad for us. Your breathing rate increases, by the way, far more when you eat highly processed food. Mm. It, it increases with all food intake, drink intake, but with alcohol and highly processed food, far more. So rest and digest when you eat. Relax, breathe. Breathe from your tummy. Secondly, at work, if you work, think about how you use technology, if that's a thing for you. Make sure you don't mouth breathe when you use technology. Have that J-shaped posture when you sit upright in your chair. Make sure with your mouth closed, your tongue is on your palate. So tongue posture is a huge thing because it stops you mouth breathing. Okay? Mm. Thirdly, relaxation. If you're... Posture is correct. If you're not mouth breathing, if you're breathing nicely from your tummy through your nose when you're relaxed, you won't start to suffer with your sleep. And that fourth thing, exercise. When you do exercise, if you're struggling with your sleep, don't try and smash the gym. Don't try and smash a 5K run around the park. Be gentle on yourself because your sleep dysfunction is telling you that you have a breathing dysfunction. And if you have a breathing dysfunction, be gentle on yourself when it comes to exercise because it will only add and accentuate your sleep issues. So this is about being more kind to yourself. It's about being more gentle with yourself. It's about observing some rules about posture to do with the tongue, to do with tummy breathing, to do with nose breathing, but being more gentle on yourself and mindful of what you need to do if you add those four things together, your relaxation, your eating, your work, your exercise, put those four things together in the way I've described, you then get a great equation for sleeping better. Such a great list of things to pay attention to. So thank you for summarising for everyone and just hopefully for people to feel enlightened really to think that maybe their problem that they think they've got their sleep their diet whatever it is actually isn't that or might not be as solid to that as as they think brilliant please tell everyone where they can find you joel because i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who've listened to this thinking wow i need to learn more about this sure they can find me in schools helping children and helping teachers understand how to breathe better they can find me in the workplace they can even find me in the high street watching the world go by having a coffee with a friend or a business colleague watching people mouth breathe as they walk along <laughs> that's the kind of thing i do that's a little bit niche that isn't it they can <laughs> find me online on social media joel gel and sniff Sayorn. and i've always got something i like to think helpful to offer people which has helped me over decades to become a more relaxed person. I was never a hyper individual, but I've become more relaxed 
I become more fulfilled in everything I do. And my sleep is really good because of how I observe my breathing and how I breathe during those four elements during the day to help my sleep. Brilliant. And definitely, if you are in this space where you're curious about this stuff, when you do start looking into it, I can highlight it does start to really help you notice what you're doing, because that's what I'm definitely doing, as I said before, since I've got to know you, I've really been more aware of what I'm doing and thinking about uh, my own position, my own breathing, etc. So if you are sitting there listening to this thinking, what am I doing? I've got my mouth open. I've got my, I've stuffed my face with my dinner and I've not really breathed while I was eating it, etc. Then hopefully this is a good space for you to pause and think about what's next for you. So thank you so much, Jill, for your time today, for coming on and sharing your wisdom with everyone. You're welcome and thank you. I'll give you one final tip, but this seems to be many people's favourite tip of all the things I talk about. So people know, people joke, because I'm not a drinker. I love drinking sparkling water. And people say, you're always drinking sparkling water. Why is that? So it gives me a chance to talk about, very quickly, the CO2 in sparkling water, which makes it carbonated. CO2 is not a waste gas only. It's also an energy driver. And lots of people in sales jobs, in jobs in education, teachers, etc., lecturers, they love drinking sparkling water. And they've said to me, they've never understood why. Well, if you talk a lot, you're blowing out lots of oxygen and lots of CO2. It reduces your energy levels. The CO2 in sparkling water puts the energy back. Wow. Now, I need, did not know that. I definitely need to get some sparkling water. <laughs> Brilliant. Great little tip there to finish off this episode. So thanks again to Joel. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening in. And next week, we will be focusing on purpose. And I have a special guest, Marcus Matthews. So I hope you can join us then. Thank you for listening and sharing in this episode of Mental Wealth. Remember, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. My last question to you is what is the one small thing that you can take action on from this episode? Message me on Instagram or through our website with questions you'd like me to explore. You'll find the links in the show notes. I'll be back with more tools and tips to make sense of your mind in the next episode. In the meantime, be kind to yourself. Bye for now.